Funk Radio is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. But Kyle, today we're joined by a special guest host, aren't we? Yes, uh, we have a very special guest today to help us uh, talk about some life experiences. What's your name? Tiffany. Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Um, We brought Tiffany on. Hi to you too, Kyle. (laughs) Yes. We brought Tiffany on um, because she's pretty. No. Ow. Well, that's why I'm here. Exactly. Yeah, she's she's your replacement, Peter. I'm sorry. I knew this day was coming. <laughs> Please pack up your desk and leave. The security guard will see you out. Um, no, we brought mm-hmm. Tiffany on because um, her and I had the fortune of seeing Motown the Musical last weekend. Um... And we thought it would be appropriate for both of us to kind of talk about it, since it kind of fits in with our general theme for this show. Uh, That's true. Because yeah. <laughs> it's called funk. So yeah, um, we saw Motown the Musical at the Sergistrum Theater in Costa Mesa. And apparently the musical is actually pretty new, Tiff. It started... 2013. 2013. And basically it tells the story of Barry Gordy. Hey, that no, that doesn't rhyme. Whatever. Uh, it tells the story of Barry Gordy. Shut up. <laughs> and Diana Ross. And Diana Ross. Um, Smokey Robinson. Yes, all these people. Through um, beginning of Motown in the late 50s all the way to its 25th anniversary in 1983. It kind of It's kind of a bit of a Gordy biography, but it also kind of covers the inception and growth of different Motown artists and growth of Motown as a studio itself, as well as his relationship with Diana Ross. Um, Which we did actually mention in, was it our last episode, I guess? uh, The Fathers of Illegitimate Children. Because that was was mid-June, and now it's early July, because I'm sad. (laughs) Yes, but... um, We've been having a bit of a funk block, and some... (laughs) funky technical difficulties I hate, I hate getting funk blocked i know um but what i think blew me away most about the musical and the best way i can really describe it is an extremely elaborate motown cover group because alongside telling the story of barry gordy it performed snippets of songs from these different artists by the actors on stage and so obviously they had to not only be able to act well but sing well they covered artists from The Temptations, The Four Tops, Davey Wonder, Marvin Gaye, uh, who else, hon? The Supremes. The Supremes, thank you, duh. Wasn't there one group you were telling me about uh, from this musical that you don't really hear about too often? It wasn't like one of the more top billing ones. The Contours. Yeah, yeah. Because they have that song like, Do You Like Me Now That I Can Dance or something like that. Do you love me? Do you love me? Oh, I love that song. What's the name of the song, hon? Tiff's my fact checker because I make up things. Isn't it just called Do You Love Me? I don't know. 
Maybe it's called the mashed potato. Yes, it was. Not bad. Haha. <laughs> I said something right for once. Um, it was called the mashed potato. No, it was called. <laughs> do you, it was called. Do you love me? Oh. For I guess a little bit more insight. Um, it started production April fourth, twenty thirteen, as Tiff said, and the original choreography was developed by Patricia Wilcox and other people. Cool. Yeah, a lot of the actors, I guess, in this musical, I think really impressed me with the fact that they sounded really, really eerily similar to the original artists, hmm. including the actress that played Diana Ross. Which? Her name was Allison Seams or Sims? Probably Seams. Seams? Sounds like Seams. Yeah. Um, her speaking and singing voice was like absolutely spot on to Diana Ross. It was mm. really impressive. Yes, yeah, it has the uh, same breathing tone. Kind of, yeah, kind of soft, kind of whispery mm. voice, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, another one that was really impressive that actually got like a standing ovation at the end of the show was the actor that played young Michael Jackson. He also played <laughs> the young Barry Gordy and Steve Wonder. Yeah, there was like mm. flashback scenes, so it showed like baby, baby, wow. Baby, baby, baby. Uh, baby Barry Gordy, that's hard to say. And baby Steve Wonder. Yeah, his name was Jordan Hall, and he was actually in quite a few other pieces as well. He was in Lion King, he was in Sesame Street, and he's from Harlem, New York. Oh, that's cool, cool actually. Uh, yeah, but this kid, like, spot on young Michael Jackson, like, insane talent right there. So uh, he he played young versions of three different characters? Yeah. Was that ever confusing? No, not really. He had different costumes. They, they were, yeah, there were different outfits, so within the context, you knew who it was supposed to be. Okay. And, like, with young Stevie Wonder, he was wearing glasses, obviously, and he was with his oh, mom. Right, yeah. But um, many of the same, many of the cast did that, too, since there was only a limited amount of yeah, members. Yeah, many The ensemble played, played three or four roles each. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, for, you know, say, The Temptations, there's four of them, so obviously those artists are going to interchange with other bands or Yeah, whatever. there mm. was one of them who played as a member of the Temptations, Commodore, Contour. And Junior Walker. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I did cover Junior Walker in the All-Stars because they played the song Shotgun, which I love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the musical was just absolutely amazing in how it showed not only the growth of Motown, but kind of the growth of Barry Gordy as a person. And it didn't really pull its punches with describing him as being kind of controlling and single-minded and mm. kind of unwavering. He showed him a bit more idealistic, how he really yeah. just wanted Motown to be in every... Yeah. It like, showed, everyone to listen It showed to how it. much of an idea ideologue, I guess, he was in a way, because he wanted to change the perception of, quote-unquote, colored music mm. and make it a genre that's popular with everybody and kind of break traditional racial barriers and at least on the outset, that was always his goal. And what's funny is, to achieve that, I guess back when he first uh, was recording with artists, there was a rule, at least probably in the you know the Midwest area, I don't know if it was around the country, where you could only have one artist played per label on any on local radio stations. So he would constantly be creating these like mini sub labels of Motown like Tamla and um other ones <laughs> I can't think of them right now they had a whole bunch of them yeah uh simply so he could get more of his artists played on the air and get you know monopolize the airwave so to speak it's a funny loophole I know right uh so he was kind of a shrewd businessman that way as well and because of that like 
because he had this singular vision, oftentimes artists would either want to, you know, do their own thing or take more creative control. And because he wanted to create Motown as this, this sort of uh, musical brand, he often would butt heads with them, like people like Marvin Gaye, as Marvin Gaye evolved from like more of like a doo-wop-y kind of crooner guy to a more politically charged singer during the, you know, once the Vietnam War became a shithole and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he butted heads with Barry Gordy a lot. And there was, there was a really sad scene, kind of not sad, but it was kind of like, just like, ooh, ouch, where he got an argument with Barry Gordy over his, you know, wanting to make protest songs. And he's like, you know, you treat everyone like you're like you're their father. He's like, I already got a father. And everyone in the audience is like, ooh, because for those of you that don't know, I think we I know we covered this in the show. Yeah. Um, his dad killed him in like 1984, ironically, which is a year after the 25th anniversary. Hmm. So that was a bit of a, a biting moment. Um, yeah. Do you have any moments that you particularly appreciated, Miss Tiff? Well, I thought it was cute how... What was it? The the Supremes? Mm -hmm. How they actually wanted to be signed on when they were in high school. And one of the things that was really cute was how they had a cheeky way to show that Barry Gordy didn't want to sign them on until they were graduated, even though he signed on Stephen Wonder. Yeah, Hmm. yeah, I remember that. It was funny because... He kept tell- he kept turning the Supremes away because at the time they were seniors, and they're like, "Did you didn't you just hire a little thirteen year old kid?" And <laughs> he asked them, "He's like, do you guys play harmonica? No. Do you play piano? No. Are you blind? No. And then come back when you graduate." <laughs> Basically saying like Stevie Wonder is a freak prodigy and you're not. So, hmm. um, but yeah, no, it I I really like how it covered all the ups and downs of Motown, it, it covered their movement to, uh, like, their move to Los Angeles in 1971, and all the financial troubles that caused, that almost forced Barry Gordy to sell the company or the studio, and it's kind of revival in the late 70s, and even early 80s with, like, the Commodores, Rick James, Tina Marie, um, so it, it really covered kind of the whole arc of Motown as a label, and how unwavering I guess Barry Gordy was and his his idea of what of what the company should be and how much of a crazy workaholic he was about it mm. um, because yeah it, it it tells the story at the beginning the first scene is like it's at the it's right before the 25th anniversary big gather concert that's about to start he doesn't want to go because you know at that point all of his artists have left him to go on to other labels that paid them shitloads more money and he is resentful and so then it tells the entire story as a flashback from that point but then at the end uh, it comes back to him and he comes to realize that like although yeah all these artists kind of quote left the nest like they wouldn't have got their start without him and they all appreciate him for what he did for them and really for kind of music music in in general exactly um so, I guess, actually, um, too, a couple of songs were actually written by the real Barry Gordy for the, um, for the play. Do you know which ones those were, Tiff? Yes, I do. She's looking through the playbill. We saved one. The two songs he wrote was Can I Close the Door and Hey Joe, Black Like Me. 
Yeah, those were good. Hey Joe cool. was sung by little baby uh, Stevie Wonder, the little kid. <laughs> talking about oh because I guess he idolized Joe Lewis the black boxer that beat uh, Hitler <laughs> I don't know the, the black guy that beat the German boxer in like the late 30s before the outset of World War II right. not yeah. actually Hitler he punched Hitler in the face just like Captain America no I'm <laughs> um, he idolized Joe Lewis because he was black and you know famous and successful to the point that I think he even tried to be a boxer <laughs> but failed um, it's funny because when he started Motown too, it, it touched on like kind of the, the the support and lack of support for his family because up to that point he basically failed at everything he tried and uh, was working as like an auto person in like an auto shop. Yeah, like auto factory. <laughs> yes, and at an auto factory. But what's funny is he took that concept. He, they even touched on this in the in the musical. He took that concept of the auto factory where you you come in with like a frame you leave with a finished car and he created Motown as like this sort of hit factory if that makes any sense where he would bring in artist after artist turn them out and create you know like countrywide hits from these from each of these artists and brand them in a similar way so they were all kind of had a similar Motown sound so to speak mm-hmm. one of the scenes I liked about the musical was when there was a scene where Diana Ross was singing her, one of her songs, Reach Out and Touch. But what was cool is that she was actually trying to incorporate the audience for this particular scene by having pulling out audience members to go and sing with her, which could be a bad or a good thing, depending on who she pulls out. And <laughs> she actually pulled out two fairly decent singers, not one, one particularly was good, trained. One was, eh. You can't sing at all, so you can't talk. I know, I can't, yeah, I can't really touch on that kind of subject because I sing about as well as the Aflac duck. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. She didn't pull you up there, Kyle? Thankfully, no. Uh, but yeah, the, the, it's funny because the song uh, Reach Out and Touch, it was, it, was sh- it was the first solo hit that she had once she broke off from the Supremes. And it even reproduced kind of the famous... It was Las Vegas, right? The famous yes. Vegas concert that she held with the big, crazy, fluffy purple dress, or red, red dress, sorry, sorry, with the crazy, fluffy red dress, uh, the fog machine, that whole Vegas show that she kind of created, and after she brought the two audience members out, she had all the audience holding each other's hand, singing the chorus of the song, Reach Out and Touch Somebody's Hand change the I world get it now. or something yeah exactly so I'm re- I'm holding Tiff's hand on the left and on the right I'm holding this old black lady's hand and it's like I'm in like <laughs> some gigantic black baptist church or something it was pretty crazy cool. um, so it was a very touching moment of the musical there was a lot yeah, of really reach out and touch yeah, touching moment I'm funny you are um yeah, there was a lot of really good moments. It talked about the assassination of uh, Martin Luther King and RFK and how that really affected a lot of people, especially Marvin Gaye. Um, it, it showed like, oops, it showed like uh, clips of you know news reels and stuff while while the guy who played Marvin Gaye was singing uh, "What's Going On," and I, that was a really touching moment. I shed a single mm. tear, like the a single manly tear, like the Native American in that. In the painting. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Um, But yeah, it was a really, really good musical. Um, 
Peter, if you are interested, I think it's coming to Oregon in like a year, next summer, next June. So get, I will mark that on my calendar. Do it. Um, um, but in between now and then, I think it's heading like the Midwest and the East Coast. Yeah, I was like going back to the Midwest, down to the South. I think it's just crisscrossing the country or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really well produced, and it's surprising it's fairly new. But it, like, if you any of you guys can uh, find the soundtrack, because I guess there's a soundtrack as well, I encourage you guys to listen to that. Maybe we can... Part of it's on Spotify. Yay. There you go. Maybe we can throw up a couple songs on our little page. I don't know. Peter, that's your gig. So. Sounds um, good. I'll see if I can find some. But yeah. Um, oh, another thing I wanted to mention really quick. The guy that played Smokey Robinson had his little high-pitched voice down like Pat. It was really <laughs> funny. Like to the point that like the first, the moment he started talking, everyone laughed because they're like, oh my God, it's Smokey Robinson. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it really covered a lot of big artists. Um Blah blah blah. Sorry, I'm looking. At I was going to mention something about yes. uh, early on. You were saying that they don't necessarily show Barry Gordy like entirely. That he was kind of an asshole to people a lot. Yeah. To get to get where he did. Yeah. Um, I feel that that might. Do you think that would be like more appropriate for like say a biopic movie or something versus a musical? That's a good question. I mean, I think the musical has the added benefit of kind of not only showcasing his life, but showcasing the inception of all of these different artists shown through the songs that they created. That's Mm -hmm. a bit harder to do in a movie. Like, don't get me wrong, a biopic on Barry Gordy would be really dope, but it just, I don't think it would have the showmanship, if that makes any sense, that the musical did. I also think that... To do that, I don't think it'd be bringing in as many people to watch. If this is great for me, who's not, who's not completely immersed in the world of Motown music, and I it can make me enjoy the show. If it had more of that aspect, I might not have watched it or hmm. liked it as much. I'm just saying, like for people who don't know, it's much more enjoyable when they try to keep it in a lighter yeah, tone, that's a good, in a yeah. happier tone, and emphasizing the music more than necessarily every single it, it makes it more digestible right. i guess you know if that makes sense you were gonna well, say I'm, something I'm, peter I, no i'm just i'm glad they made it that way yeah um, they did make it digestible yeah for sure and yeah the crux i guess the crux of the the character arc for barry gordy in the musical was his relationship with diana and how his workaholic nature kind of consumed his ability to really have a, a proper relationship with her because you know manager relationship kind of conflict he was always very criticizing saying she could always do better he was the one that convinced her to leave the supremes which caused a lot of tension uh and problems for her and them and just like it was all he was he was trying to do it for the right reasons he was just going about it kind of the wrong way and i and honestly he probably shouldn't have had a relationship with her in the to begin with but yeah. they kind of poked fun at that because he said like oh our re- like our relationship won't affect you know my managerial duties at all and everyone's like yeah right so yeah. that was i don't i wouldn't say that was his downfall but i would definitely say that affected him a lot personally that makes sense yeah um is there anything else you wanted to touch on about the Nowtown musical miss tiff okay um 
But yeah, a lot of really good actors, a lot of really good bands that were covered, so to speak. Haha. <laughs> but I'm. I encourage anyone who has even the slightest interest in Motown or soul music in general to go see that play if they have the ability to do so. It's fairly new, so it's really not that expensive. Uh, it's not like I don't know, Wicked or whatever, whatever expensive ones are. Yeah, today. Like Two hundred dollars. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Did yeah. Do they have a website? Maybe peop- maybe our listeners can go check to see when it's coming to their town. MotownTheMusical.com Or Ticketmaster. Fuck Ticketmaster. <laughs> they take your money. This episode is brought to you by Ticketmaster. <laughs> oh, it's actually returning to Broadway in summer of 2016. So probably like later summer. But yeah, there's tour mm. dates. Uh, it's got some clips from the musical itself. So Tiff really likes musicals. I'm not as huge of a fan, but I really like Motown, so it was her way of dragging me to one and kind of dipping me into the world of musical theater. So now it's a, it's a good compromise. Exactly. For you, too. Exactly. Um, so does that inspire you to go see more musicals now, Kyle? Uh, I mean, we got we got tickets to see The Lion King. Oh, cool. But I like The Lion King, and I've always kind of wanted to see that a little bit since it came out in the 90s. Hmm. She's tried to get me to fan for the opera, but that just seems too much bleh boring mm. so I don't know but um yeah I mean it's it's made me appreciate musical as sort of a creative acting art form you know mm-hmm. and not just something that like guys take their girlfriends to to get sexual favors well we won't go there no we won't um I'm getting dirty dirty looks so yeah um if any of you guys have a chance to see Motown in theaters or in musical, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> or technically, they're theaters. True, theaters ending with E. Yeah, exactly. Um, or have already seen it and want to tell about your experience. Uh, you guys should definitely hit us up on Facebook.com/slash Get Your Funk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to add, Peter? Well, I didn't see the musical, so I don't really understand. <laughs> Sorry, I felt this was a bit of a one-sided funk tonight. Since no, no, it's all good. You weren't there. Well, um, I'm glad. To, I, I wish... think I vaguely heard about it when it first came out, but mm-hmm. I never really heard any real like testimony. Uh, testimony of how it was. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really think you would have enjoyed it. So, but you had to move to Oregon and smoke pot because it's legal. That is true. Six months later than I thought it was. Yeah, that is really weird. They just legalized it like a couple weeks ago, or it went into effect a couple weeks ago, I should say. Um, Yeah. So yeah, we are on, what is it, overmental.com? Yes. .org, .something. .com, not .org. Yes, .com, sorry. Um, And if you like this episode, go listen to our back catalog, because we have 124 episodes. 121 episodes. Wait, this is only the... I can't count. Um, yeah, that's ye- okay. This has been your host, Kyle. And, and we want to is- thank... Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> okay, you Sorry, Habit. No, go ahead. Okay. And we want to thank our special guest, uh, Tiff. We need a... Oh, we need a DJ name for you. Tater Tiff? Tiff-tastic. DJ Tiff-tastic. We'd like to thank DJ Tiff-tastic for coming on our show. And we hope she will be on future shows. Yeah. To talk about artists she Other likes, musicals. Like Taylor Swift. And Don't you dare. Taylor Swift. Shut up. <laughs> um, 
Yep. So Kyle, Tiftastic, and Peter. Peter. We hope you enjoyed this episode and go see Motown the Musical. And listen to Funk Radio. While you're watching Motown the Musical. <laughs> you just it's like when you go into those um those art galleries and you get the little recording describing yeah. the art pieces to you it's like you listen to us while you're watching the play it's so like a common audio commentary exactly <laughs> um that would be awesome actually we should get into that business we'll please, look into it please pay us money to do that motown okay bye bye for more original podcasts videos and pop culture news visit overmental.com thanks for listening